You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Bainham. Our current serial is of Knives and Night Blooms, and this is the final chapter. Uh, if you are interested in reading this book as uh, prose with your eyes, I have the very much revised, edited, tightened up, tidied novel uh, is now available on my Patreon for all subscribers to download. So if you've been considering maybe signing up to my Patreon at some point, uh, you can get hold of this book uh, with a $1 pledge, as lo- well as a lot of other cool downloads. Uh, if you sign up at $2, there are a lot more Tansy books and stories available. So yeah, check it out. Um, you can also, one of the Patreon uh, benefits at particular tiers is access to the uh, the Lamplighters Discord, which is a really fun community space for a variety of gas lamp authors. Okay, so that's the pitch. Uh, we're going to have the last chapter. Next week there will be an Ask Tansy episode. Please send me your questions by whatever means you would like to get in touch. And then we'll be starting all new serials uh, on the podcast right here in January. I will announce that in next week's episode. Of Knives and Night Blooms, Chapter 30 Phoenix Burning. It was a short distance across the harbour. Dio and Reynard took the oars. All eyes were on the small skiff as it approached the wharf. Calix could not pretend that she didn't stand out with her shaven head and wet pink silks. She had managed to straighten her stemmer, though it was heavily waterlogged. Surely, murmured Icaros, now sitting a respectable distance away. A fine trick when they had seven people crammed into a boat designed for four or five. A petal of the Imperium is allowed to use magic on such occasions. Of course she should. Of course she could. Be careful what you wish for, Icarus. The petal of the Imperium stepped onto a concrete pier of the city wharf, her daughter at her side. She wore layers of teal and green silk underneath a crisp linen stemmer, which displayed a magical pattern of ivy winding around a marble column. The daughter wore lilac silks with a linen cap to cover her shaven head and a pattern of violet petals decorating her own stemmer. Both wore gold sandals. Every inch of the fabric of their garments was dry as a bone. Magic was useful for so many things, but one could never discount the everyday value of being able to instantly dry, restore, and redecorate clothes in an emergency. Behind them came the retinue, three priests of death in tailored feather braces over black lark flax. If you looked closely at the beaded patterns on their jackets, you might see the shape of night plumes woven in dark thread against the black. Dio, beside them, wore a similar arrangement, though Calix had given him a long silk coat, 
in the style from her homeland, as green as the river at the eye of the basilisk. Reynard stood back from the group. She had fixed his clothes too, and created a new feather brace from empty air since Marty had taken custody of his, but he refused to stand with the others. I think you've forgotten, Petal. I have no bond forcing me to serve you. Calix faltered. She had not forgotten, and yet he was right. She had not given it a thought. She had dressed Icarus, Mardi, and Valeria like dolls, assuming they'd be willing to come with her. She hadn't exactly given them the choice. The thought of entering this city alone, marching up the black steps of Phoenix burning without this deadly retinue at her back, was terrifying. She could not face the Divine King and his thirteenth treasure without them. Could she? I will release you once we are safe, she had promised Icarus. You will do everything you can to protect my daughter and to keep us both alive until we reach Phoenix Burning. Here they were, at Phoenix Burning. Were they safe? Would they ever be? The captain of the Gladii stood at the foot of the city steps, waiting for Calix to cross the pier and join him so he could take her to her husband, her future. I don't know how to do this, she murmured. She had watched her sister transform into the cold, calculating, effortlessly pristine empress, without having the faintest idea how she did it. Calix had always felt safe in her own comparatively low status within her own family. Could she stand as the wife of a royal heir? Be a queen to a future king? Could she protect her daughter inside that palace? Even if Nimue was an avatar of the river, or some kind of prophesied god-creature, she was still vulnerable, wasn't she? Certainly she was still a child. What happened when the god of death recovered his strength and moved against them? What if the rest of the gods joined in for good measure? What if Icarus and Valeria and Mardi took his side? Surely if they had the freedom to choose, they would support the god who gave them purpose and ageless long life and... We'll be with you, said Dio in a low voice, stepping forward. You won't be alone. Calix looked at him gratefully, warmed by his presence. If I released you from the bond, you'd still stay, wouldn't you? Of course, Dio said, as if she'd given him a gift. It made sense. The boy had wanted so desperately to serve as a gladius, and had never been allowed to do so. Bodyguard to a royal bride was a remarkably similar job. Higher in prestige, if anything. All she had to do was pay him a wage and he would serve in her honour guard with pride. Behind them, someone cleared their throat. Calix braced herself and turned to face Valeria, Mardi, Icarus. Icarus most of all, staring blankly at her, like he'd never put his mouth on hers in a cave like he had not been her companion and partner and protector during this long voyage down the River Divine. Icarus, who served her, 
only because she had forced a magical bond upon him. It was Valeria who spoke. Are we joining you, Petal? Her voice was icy, but no flowers emerged from her lips. She was not fighting the magic. Calix could not risk dropping the bond now, could she? Just because Reynard Calderan had been convinced somehow to leave her unmurdered did not mean that a newly freed Icaros or Valeria or Mardi would not instantly finish the job as soon as they were able. Even, especially, with their god in ruins. They had served the Black Raven their whole life. They'd only known Calix for a matter of days. I don't want to walk into that palace without you, she said helplessly. All of you. I need you. Then you have a choice to make, said Icarus. Tow us in your wake, like you dragged us down this river. Or drop the bond and let us decide whether we want the job you appear to be offering. Calix had been so busy worrying about whether the assassins were likely to kill her. It had not occurred to her that any of them but Dio would serve her willingly. Would you do that? Valeria scoffed. Mardi stood very still. Icaros looked pained. I don't know, he admitted. I don't know. Nimue shifted at Calix's side. Mother, there really is only one way to find out. The captain of the gladii had grown impatient. There was the sound of marching feet behind Calix. A palace escort approached in formation. She was out of time. At least, she thought, in one desperate moment. If Icaros strikes me down where we stand, I won't have to marry a boy barely older than my daughter. There was only one choice she could make, and she made it. The scent of night blooms filled the air around them as Calix, bathed in sunlight, cast her magic. The threads snapped, the magic fell away, and for the first time in this kingdom, for the first time in her life, Calix had no magically bound servants in her thrall. It felt a lot like being naked. Calix breathed, standing on a pier with four assassins and a volunteer in front of her. I am Calix of the House of Flowers, petal of the Imperium, and betrothed of the thirteenth treasure of the Divine Kingdom. I invite you to join my retinue, to advise and protect me while I live here, at Phoenix Burning. She'll pay a good wage, Nimue added, and you can sign a fair contract of employment. Madam, broke in a voice behind her, the neglected captain. You cannot supply your own retinue. You agreed, I agreed, in my betrothal contract, to bring none of my own people from the Imperium, and to expect no armed protection from the palace 
while I travelled down the River Divine, Calix flung behind her. That journey is over. I am, I believe, free to offer employment to citizens of this country. She turned back to the others, Dio already stumbling towards her, Reynard Calderan already turning away. Icarus, Valeria and Mardi returned her gaze with interest. Will you join me? Calix asked, and waited for their reply. Dio did not have to think about it. He felt stripped bare without the bond, and he was well aware that death's mark still lay upon him. Here he could serve and protect, Belonging to Calix's inner circle in a frickin' palace felt like a greater and more significant honour than wearing the blood-red armour of a gladius. His aunties would be delighted. Dio went to them, and Nimue hugged his arm, somehow proud of him, though it was the easiest decision he'd ever made in his life. Of the assassins, Dio was astonished that Valeria moved first. She circled Calix with caution. I've lived a long time, she said. This is interesting enough that I want to see it played out. But I won't be caged again. Calix sounded startled. That's fair, she said. Marty moved next. We need to discuss maternity arrangements. Likely I can only sign a short-term contract. Understandable, said Calix. Though I'm sure the palace provides childcare options. We'll have to look into that. The captain of the gladii looked like he was about to explode all over the city wharf. Dio hid a smirk, not envying him his job. Then it was just Calix and Icarus staring each other down. The hand of the black raven and the petal of the Imperium. You made the right choice, said the priest of death, flexing his hands as if he expected to be using them in the near future. Calix's smile was incandescent. I know, she said. How are you going with yours? Still thinking about it. Do you need more time? How long have you got? Behind them, the captain of the gladii threw up his hands in impatience. Calix gave Icarus a thoughtful look. Why don't you come along to the palace with us? You can let me know your answer when you're ready. Dio watched Icarus. The other man was as tense as a crossbow, ready to loose a bolt. Then bit by bit, the tension ebbed away. A choice was made. Peachy, said Icarus, letting out a long breath. Come on then, let's do this. And that is the end. Uh, Calix, Dio, Icarus, Mardi and Valeria will return in City of Petals Rising, coming first to the Sheep Might Fly podcast in 2024. 
thank you so much for listening to Sheep Might Fly. And particularly in this case, what turned out to be a novel, which was as much of a surprise to me as it was to you. Possibly more of a surprise to me. Many of you know me quite well by now. This podcast was recorded on Palawar land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional and continuing custodians of Lutrawita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Instagram, Blue Sky or Threads at TansyRR. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards, including this book right here, but edited. Early ebooks, uh, exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. Uh, I probably won't be releasing of Knives and Night Blooms for general sale until uh, the second half of next year. I'm my schedule is pretty packed for general releases, and I want to put it out around about the time that I start the second serial in this series. Uh, so for the next at least six months, if not a bit longer, mm-hmm. um, this will be the only way to, uh, rather joining my Patreon will be the only way to read the book. But of course you can continue to listen to the version here on the podcast as many times as you like for free. Uh, you're probably quite done with it by now. <laughs> so next week, uh, my Ask Tansy episode will be up. Please send me any questions you would like me to answer. And I will see you then. Thank you.